Welcome to the Antler Crown Podcast, where we will be discussing brews, witchcraft, spirituality, and more. We hope through conversation we can continue to learn something new from ourselves and from each other. Today we will be doing... De- oh, well, that's your line, but if you want to finish you, it, you, you go for it. Today I- we're going to drink some tea. This is specifically orange and turmeric ginger. and ginger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to complete uh, I'll keep going. Yeah. Then we're going to talk more about divination <laughs> methods. <laughs> I'll do this bit if you don't mind. Yeah, no. It's a very important bit. Please. So come on in. Welcome to the Antler Crown Podcast. I'm Elwin, and I am a fourth generational headwind. You don't fucking say. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I'm Amanda, and I am the Antlered Queen, and I am intuitively picking up that we're going to talk more about divination. That's very impressive. Thank you. I just read it on the screen in front of us. <laughs> right, so... <clears throat> Let's talk about this. What's divination? Divination is means of divining... <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a goofy podcast. I can it's means tell. of they're all goofy. <laughs> it's means of divining mm. uh, the outcome, reading omens, predicting the future, oh. seeing into the past, and knowing, or better to know, the present. Yeah. Divination is almost that in the way of the web of weird, the ether of life, and trying to understand it, pick it apart, ask it, or get it to give you answers. Yeah. Um. That you can better be equipped to know things, to to plan out a life, and and even the, in the stores of success, divination is fucking old. Yeah, it's old. It's really yeah, it's old. Really Would you like old. some more tea? I think I there's love a dribble. some more tea. Have a dribble of this. Oh, mighty! Thank you. There you go. I'll just have the drips. Why? Go. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I have to say, I think one of my favorite divination methods is witch runes. Oh, yeah. Because it's simple. There's only eight of them. And they're just symbols usually carved on stones or whatever you choose. And I like that they make sense. It's a straightforward answer. There's Fair. N- it's not something you would divinate with to ask a complex question to get all the nuances like tarot or another divination method. I really like just I just want the I just want the tea. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Tea leaves. Tea leaves make no sense. <laughs> I'm like, look, it looks like a wiener. <laughs> the thing is, is we we do divination. Um, yeah. We do it all the time. Yeah. We we do it. We do it as children. Like, I mean, there is no real difference between reading tea leaves and watching clouds. You look at a cloud and you both look at a cloud and you'd be like, look, that one looks like a man holding, um, I don't know, a, 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 a cucumber. I don't. You know, oh, I don't know. what are you divinating from the cloud? <laughs> All right, that looks like a man driving a car. I don't know, or a woman playing a piano. Like, whatever. But then you're like, oh, yeah, Some I can see that. complex clouds you're seeing. I usually be like, that one's a fish. It's my job. <laughs> um, <laughs> fish. Now, but the point is, is that cloud watching is always nicer with someone else because you get the reiteration, you get confirmation of what you see. And it's nice to connect with another person because they see it too. Mm. And it's very similar in forms of divination where you have the reader and the readee. Same thing. Yeah. And yet, it's that's all it is. It is interpretation of the natural world around us, applying it personally to us. You have to remember that that's what religion starts off. Religion is not about us. <clears throat> it's not about the world. It's about you. Yeah. And so is divination. Divination is about you. Mm-hmm. It is how the world configures to you through your perception. None others. And so. What you are witnessing 
your brain picks apart, your intuition tells you this is what it may look like, this is what it is, because it pertains to you and your story, not another's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What other forms of divination do you like, or what do you find fascinating? I mean, I think throwing charms and bone sets are very fascinating. I think it is not only you are divinating um, and you've curated these pieces that each Mm. holds specific meaning. So that's divination in itself is applying that um, certain meaning to those certain things. But you're also using those things that are personal to you um, to cast for other people and i think that is very interesting i agree this is one of my preferred favorite methods yeah but i think before we talk more about the different ones that we can think of off the top of our head because we didn't prepare we should first (laughs) (laughs) yes unlike usually i mean at least i have a script usually today we're just (laughs) flying by the seat of our pants um you know it would probably be one of our more popular ones it probably fucking will you assholes That's it. That will help. That will help. I love you guys. Um, <clears throat> I think we should talk about the rules. I think there are some rules uh, when you're divinating or using different divination methods. One of which has become popular and quite controversial is um, not reading for others without their permission. Consent. Yeah. 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 It is. Um, I think that's an important reading. Um However, or an important rule, mm, mm. but I think also that would put a lot of readers out of business if they followed that rule to a T. There are loopholes. Yeah. There are loopholes. Like, because you can read for, like, for instance, <clears throat> someone may come to me and they'll say, like, I need to know about what my partner uh, thinks about this or what they're doing. And usually if you come to me with that, the first thing I'm like, why don't you ask them? Yeah. Okay. Um, but also, <laughs> I will read from your standpoint, from your point of view. I will read for you. I will find advice for you. I will find messages right. for you. Um, however, if you are wrapped up and the, your partner is a lot of what is affecting your life and will be affecting your life and, and all these things, then that will come through in the reading anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So therefore, by proxy, the reading will be partly about them, obviously. So... Um, so you're not reading for them, not you're reading, reading in them. how that person affects them, them in conjunction. In conjunction to their path. I'm mm. not reading their, the other person's path, I'm reading your path. Now, right. this is a different thing, because where do you draw the line? For instance, mm-hmm. when someone comes to you, someone could come to you and say, look, my son or my daughter is having a really hard time. They're a teenager. Um, they're, we think it might be bullying, but they're clammed up. They won't talk. They seem a bit more depressed, a bit more distant. Obviously, they're teenagers. So, you know, but can you just help me, like, in some way to find, you know, what? So I will do a read. I will not, henceforth, though, I may not do a read on that individual without their consent. I will often ask, do you have their consent? Mm-hmm. But. I can still read from the point of your concern and what it is in your concern and how you feel mm-hmm. and what you can do to make not just yourself feel better, to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not prying. You know, it gets to a point when you read and you literally pick apart someone else without their consent. It becomes intrusive. Yeah. And it's not allowed. But as I said, there are ways around that in order to help everyone. But oftentimes, if you come to me and you say, I want you to read on this person, I will tell you off a bit and be like, no, that's not going to happen in the way that you hope it will, for obvious reasons. Right. Right. Yeah, go on. I was just thinking that a lot of people now, also I've seen, is is they refuse outright just to do any love readings um, or... Um, we haven't even covered the topic of, of health or fertility or um, some, some legal matters. I just wonder what the nuances are in those reasons and, and why you could understand that and also why you might disagree with 
that perspective of not doing those types of readings. Okay, I'm not going to make any friends here, but I'll give it to you honestly. Oh, shit. Here, no, hold I'll, on. I'll, Let me scooch in. All right. Well, I'll give it to you honestly. <laughs> okay. That is down to personal preference. If mm. you don't want to do a love reading, if you don't want to do a health reading or a fertility reading, that is down to personal preference. However, a lot of people now are saying, we don't do that by a right. We don't do that as a law. That's not true. We've mm. always done that. As a matter of fact, even in the form of witchcraft, people who would come to you as a practicing witch a hundred years ago and come to, con so you would consult the cards or the bones or the runes or whatever, or the stones would often be because, am I going to have a boy? Am I going to have a girl? Am I going to get pregnant? Mm -hmm. uh, am I going to be well? Uh, do they love me? This is a big part of your trade. Okay. So it's not true. We've always done that. The reason why people are now collectively kind of going, oh, yes, yes, we don't do that. It's, it's unethical. No, it's because they doubt their ability. They doubt their ability to say, you're going to have a boy. They doubt their ability to say, your health is fine or your health is not good. And then because they fear people coming back and saying, you said this and it wasn't true. Mm -hmm. So what's the best way of, of doing that without admitting that you doubt your own abilities? is to say it's unethical and it's taboo and we've made a law now that we're not all collectively going to do it. It's not okay. true. If you do it down to personal preference, and I completely understand, if someone came to me and said, I am worried for my health because my health is not good, I want to know if I'm going to get better, of course I'm going to be concerned and I'm going to be like, this is a lot of pressure because obviously on me. But at the same point, I quiet myself. I calm mm -hmm. myself. I remind myself that I have done thousands upon thousands of readings and everyone seems very happy with the, with the work that I do. And I remember that I am working as a spirit, not just as me. So I put me aside and the spirit comes forth. And yes, I may give you news that you're not going to like as much, but that's the news. Okay. And that's the important thing. People always want to give people good news. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes good news can be found within this. However, sometimes it's not. And you have to learn to deliver that in a way that you help them. Yeah. Instead of just giving them a, a, a positive or negative. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's difficult. And and I know that's gonna that's gonna create a lot of problems. And a lot of people are gonna be like, that's not true. But it is true. There is no reason why you can't do a reading for love, but apart from your personal preference. And I'm not slandering you. I'm not having a pop at you. If you don't want to do it for that reason, don't do it. And I completely understand why. It can be very nerve-wracking. And we live in a day and age where at least 50% of us, probably more than that, suffer with anxieties, suffer with stresses, and are still trying to just continue and live a highly spiritual life mm -hmm. with all these earthly problems. I can completely understand why you wouldn't want that kind of pressure on a business that you are trying to you are trying to 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 make for yourself. Under so pressure. No, no, no hate there at all. But, but, but let's be but, but, honest about the reason. It's got nothing to do with ethics. It's your personal preference. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in our opinion, I love saying that in witchcraft. <laughs> in our opinion, divination should always. Be based on the rule of consent. However, no question is taboo. Always ask. You go to a reader. You come to me. I don't care what it is. Ask. Okay. You get people who come to readers and be like, tell me something. And then I'm not going to give you anything. Just surprise me. Oh, and God. They're so fucking annoying. Because it's like, if you want me to prove to you, then don't waste my time. Like... Just either, you know, you'll help me. Instead of me plucking stuff out of the ether, tell me what's going on. Tell me a bit about you. It doesn't have to pertain to what you want to know. Tell me a bit about yourself. Give me a signature yeah. that I can I can form, especially when you're reading like virtually. online virtually yeah. for people. It's important sometimes. Um, but also at the same time, we don't need your life story. No. Okay. Well, that's... <laughs> I'd rather have it than not, okay? That's if, fair. If, but to be honest, I've learned to work with just someone's name and their date of birth or even just their name. Yeah. Um, and then what they say is like, I'd like to know about this and stuff or what's coming ahead for me in the next six months to a year, whatever. And that's enough usually. But you can't The give deeper and the better the reading. Yeah. But it the more details it will have. 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 The more details it will have
a bit about a direction you, would be a, nice. A, a bit of flavour of you, a print, mm-hmm. an imprint of you, who you are as a person, is enough. Okay. So, would you prefer like a very specific question? It's got to the point for me now. It doesn't matter. Mm. It really doesn't matter. Well, then, for people just beginning divination methods. Do you think a very specific question, just a general topic, or just generally leaving them up to when, decide what comes through? When starting out, mm-hmm. I would say if you're starting out and you're unsure about things and you, your confidence in reading and divination, whatever you do, um, never be afraid to just ask the person, is there anything in particular you want to know? Or, mm-hmm. or anything, you know, because the thing is, is that you can give someone a reading. For like half an hour, you can give them a half an hour reading, which is a good solid reading of half an hour, you reading, turning cards, throwing bones, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you will touch on good points in their life. You you will you will also un- unveil certain things about other people in their life and different directions that they feel that they, they you know, they weren't sure about. And yet afterwards they could be very impressed with the reading, but they can say, Is there is there anything more about love? Mm-hmm. this or something like that and it's the thing is is that they're very impressed and you did a stand-up great job but oftentimes what people need to know is different from what they want to know mm. and keeping your customer happy in a sense means that giving them what they need to know Mm-hmm. but also making sure that they've got a bit of what they wanted as well to know, which often relates to things like love because ultimately that's what it is. So, you know, we've all done it. You can tell someone about – you can tell them about how to be spiritually more aligned with themselves, mm-hmm. uh, certain paths to take to be more confident, to kind of find their own power in things, certain aspects of their past, trauma of their past. Yeah. All these things may come up and, and, and how to do them and, and – levels of trust that they must have in their their own kind of linear path Mm -hmm. that they're taking in their life. And all of it is true. But at the same time, that message will sink in far better if you also then give them a bit of what the the general sense of self, not just their spirit, but that they want, which is um, a kind of just a little glimmer of light in the form of their love life or mm-hmm. you know or finance or career choice or or something like this that they may have been worrying about lately yeah and because oftentimes when you're doing a reading as a spirit the the spirit kind of comes forth and says this is what i want this is this, their spirit this is what i want and yet the person who's come to you for the reading their ego their mind is kind of come to you for a different reason mm. um this is why i make that joke is that people may come to you for a reading and you tell them and they're like thank you this is really eye-opening this is most enlightening this is fantastic thank you very much and then they go away and completely do the opposite of what you told them mm. um and it's nothing to do with you it's got nothing to do with them it's the thing is is that we don't listen to our spirit yeah. We take our spirit's advice. Because, like, same as the, the, the cognitive dissidence of you sitting there smoking, smoking cigarettes, and every time you smoke cigarettes. And how many times one of you have seen an older person, a mother, a grandfather, a grandmother, and they said to you, and as they're smoking, they go to you as a kid or as a teenager, don't smoke. While they're smoking, whatever you do, don't smoke. It's a terrible habit. I wish I'd never done it. While they're smoking. While they're smoking. And yeah. as a child, you look at them and think, you, you know, you can just stop. And it's like, it's too late for me because I don't want to confront that. I enjoy smoking. So therefore, I'm not going to, it's too late for me. But you don't smoke. This is exactly what it's like for your spirit. Your spirit is saying you need to eat better. You you know, and you sit there and you feel, I feel down, I feel depressed. And there's a part of you, which is kind of your your intuition, your spirit that says, you know, if we went for a walk or, um, you know, if we, we, socialized or mm-hmm. perhaps we just meditated or did something that's coming at the same point it's like no i want to watch a rerun of the office and get a big comfy blanket and eat some pringles <laughs> you know and and you know that you as the body that feels great and you feel comfort but then afterwards you know you're not going to feel better mm. you're not going to get yourself out of it you're just it's just the temporary fix so it's important in divination in yeah. readings to give people a bit of both you know um and as I say, when I talk to people, the voice, your voice, is incredibly important. 
Mm. And your voice is a vibration. It is an energy. And what I feel for the person, sometimes I get quite overwhelmed by emotions in certain readings, but what I feel for the person, I try to convey that in my voice Mm -hmm. so that while they're listening to what I'm saying, my voice, my energy is washing over them. And as it's going into there and they're processing it, it's doing something else. It's, it's, it's almost, I'm trying to comfort and heal aspects of them, the spirit also to connect. Um, because that's what you do. My aunt told me a long time ago, she was a fantastic healer. She said, there are so many ways that you can heal people. She says, you can simply shake a hand. You can place your hand on a, on a shoulder. You can just say hello or ask how someone is. But it's what you put in the way you say it mm. can create such a profound difference to that person that they are even unaware of at the time. And I, I try to apply that in my readings. Mm-hmm. Um because when people come to you for a reading, genuinely they they are lost. Mm-hmm. There is something that they are unsure about that plagues them because they don't know. And it's not always just by telling them. They can Google stuff to find out things. They come to you for the reassurance of something. They come to you for an aspect of healing that can soothe the mind, the spirit. And so I try to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what a lot of readers find. You may not begin that way because you may start off by reading from your book and, and knowing things. But as you progress, you you realize that I can put my own energy into this. I can take this further mm-hmm. for myself. And so that's it's it's a thing you find out and you find that balance in how to do it. What about you? Because you're actually very good in forms of divination. You yeah. pretend that you're not. You're in your chaos <laughs> readings. You yeah. yeah. Um, I was interested. This popped into my head mm. when you were talking. But like, how do you do certain types of reading? Does the the person's energy come through when you start reading for them? Do their guides come in? Do their um, you know, familiars or their spirits that are guarding them, spirit team, whatever, whatnot. How does that come through? And does it come through for every reading or does sometimes it's just intuitively, you know, answers pertaining to them? I I think the best way to witness that, to explain it, is that the lives that I do. Mm -hmm. When I do my live readings, Mm -hmm. uh, you'll often see that I will kind of have a sensation or a smell. And I will say, like, oh, I smell cinnamon or something. And then the person I'm doing the reading for goes, I'm eating cinnamon crackers right now. And it's like, oh, that's strange. And it, it's a weird thing, but sometimes it comes through as a confirmation. And that is how it can happen. And it is different um, every time, really. Sometimes I feel a sense of um, anxiety. I feel the person's anxiety. And I know it's not mine. It's like someone picked it up and just put it there momentarily in my chest. And I'm like, oof. Or I feel this sense of relief from them mm-hmm. or something or even happiness, you know. And I'm like, are you quite happy? And they're like, yeah, I'm actually, today's been a good day and this and that. And I'm like, all right, don't tell me anymore. Let's do this. Um, sometimes a sense of a spirit, like there's someone there, someone starts to talk almost next to me. Mm-hmm. And it starts off as a high-pitched whistle. And sometimes then a, a word comes through or an image is placed in front of my, in my mind's eye or something just randomly. And... I will often tell them and they will confirm. They will just be like, oh, that's really cool. That's because this and this, I did this today. And now you're saying it. it's really, oftentimes what this is, is this is their guide or this is the sp- a spirit that is basically just giving them something that is a reassurance to say, look, this is for you, you know. Um, but it's also the sink, the sinking up almost of spirit, of my spirit, your spirit. Well, me and you, our energy. And I'm reading your energy. My aunt told me long ago that the cards aren't really for you. When someone sits down in front of you, as the way my aunt and I started out reading is in person, when you lay your cards down, people lean forwards and they look. But what they do is, is sometimes you'll get someone and they'll sit there with their arms crossed. Because going for a reading, especially in person, can be incredibly um stressful for some people some people find it very nerve-wracking you know they don't know what to expect it might be their first time and they may sit there and they'll cross their arms and they'll be like nope because it's like Mm. going to a hypnotist you can't get hypnotized unless you're actually gonna susceptible and you're like yeah i want to be hypnotized really 
And it's the same in that way. If you guard off your energy, you cross your arms and sit there. But when you lay a card down and a couple of cards and you go, oh, they lean forward. They cross their arms and they look forward and they lean, she said. And it's not the reason being is they let the guard down. They let the wall down and then your energy meet them energy meets yours. And you're like, ah, there you are. You don't even need to look at the cards, mm-hmm. really. What you, you then is you get this wave of them and you feel, wow, okay, there's a lot, a lot of emotions here to unpick. There's a sense of struggle. There's a sense of worry financially about this person. And then you may feel a sense of displacement, almost moving, like emotion, like you're on a train or a thing. Like, okay, I feel movement here. Mm-hmm. So perhaps, you know, you're, are you in the middle of moving or something? And they're like, oh yeah, I am. Okay. Well, there is this sense of relief that's coming, you know. And we may use the cards in that sense, and the cards work, but it isn't just the cards. The cards are just the medium. They are the the tool, the mediator between, you know. How you perceive the cards and interpret them corresponds to the energy that you are feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. it's it's my my way of in uh, card reading is that I was taught is to read your cards intuitively. Read them intuitively, and then as you have learnt to trust your intuition. Go back and see what the cards actually mean in the booklets and stuff there. Because if you read the booklets first, what happens is that's stuck in your head. And then your intuition doubts because you're like, oh, yeah, but the the book means this. It's far easier to do it the other way. Well, in the long run, it's easy. One of the other things I wanted to talk about was um, something that in the way of magic and spell work, Mm. which is very commonplace nowadays. And that's candle spell magic or candle spells. Does this have to do with divination? It has everything to do with divination. Okay. Tell me how you personally would do just um, any run-of-the-mill kind of spell. You wanted to do a spell and you use a candle so you may anoint it and stuff. How? How? What would you do? Uh, I'd anoint it. Okay, and then? I'd rub some herbs on it. Oh, very nice. Like a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Right now what? And then I'd stick it on a fire-safe surface. Right. Because I don't want to burn the house down again. Okay, let's get to the point. What do and you then I'd do? light it. You light it. And then what do you do? I don't know. I kind of leave the room and let it do its thing. <laughs> yeah, that's because you're lazy. But most people don't leave the room. They, they at least vigil their candles. Or at oh, least that's good. Check in on their candles when it's for a Make purpose sure. or a spell. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. one time, do you remember you did a spell and you set the, the whole shelf on fire? That's happened a few times, to be fair. <laughs> it's happened once, as far as I know, unless you didn't tell me the other thing. Well, I burned the table, remember? With the incense. Set oh, the table yeah. on fire. Yeah, you did. Although you burned your antler on your old one uh, skull that you have on the altar. And it doesn't burn hot easy, though. It just well, I'm just telling you, you did. It's nothing. Wrong. I also put a candle up there in that window don't, don't sill, that. and don't I, don't I talk burned about that. Don't talk about that. That window no, sill. No, you didn't. Right. Anyway. <laughs> no, you didn't. Right. Me. Anyways, <clears throat> just a few spots. I'm not great with like heat. Uh, and Fire, basically. Or yeah. Sharp things. Yeah. Fire and sharp things. I'm like, I just don't understand the ratio of how high something needs to be above it so it doesn't burn it. Two feet at least. Two feet. Two feet yeah, for two a tea feet. candle. Yeah, because it's the concentrated Good God. heat. Heat travels up without a breeze. That heat could easily from that side. You know, <laughs> what else? Really, All I mean, right, well, let's hold, get back to the point. Hold your hand over it and you'll soon be able to tell. Anyways. That's a lot of work. <clears throat> so, but what you do is you hold a vigil and you will notice that your candle may burn dramatically. It mm. may peter out. It may go out. It may fall over. And on very rare occasions, usually because of manufacturing issues, there may be a bubble within it or something, but it may even explode. It may half burn or taper out or all other things. This is divination. And this is another reason why people love candle spells. Mm. Because it's divination. You see your progress. As this candle burns down, it may go into a blazing glory and you're like, wow, this is amazing. It looks good. It's progressive. And other times it's not the same in the cord cutting. Cord cutting spells are not an actual spell. There is no cutting of the cord. Clues in the name. You need to cut the cord. What you're doing is watching two people in an energy struggle and seeing how they're going to basically terminally end up in that energy struggle. 
which is why most cord cuttings don't actually sever. What happens is one leans towards the other, but the the cord is still there. They ended up they end up just basically sapping each other because you need to intervene. It's a spell, so your intervention is the part where you do the cutting. So that, in a way, is spell work, spell magic or candle magic. I mean, um, is a divination, and uh, that in itself, you keep in mind, fire is a fantastic means of divination because it. It changes and transmute that which it sets fire to. And you can watch its progress quite quickly. Same way as water. Water's changed. Tides in, tides out. You watch how something floats or a leaf even floats or a drop of ink in a bowl of water and mm. see what shapes and colours come out from it. You know, all of that is a form of divination. You are looking for answers within something, within a, a medium, a sense of energy that is a consciousness in its own self. Um it is not fully understood, but what it comes from is that all elements hold a conscious thought, a, co a conscious energy. The same, if you don't believe that, um, then uh, take two bowls of rice, cook the rice um, for like a minute, not so it's fully cooked, dry it off, put them both in sterilized jars and talk lovingly to one jar and talk hatefully to the other. And the one that you talk hatefully to will go black. The white one will not. It is not just that. It is the water within it. Water within it, when you freeze water, um, if you talk lovingly to water and freeze it, it has a completely different uh, chemical freeze in the way it looks to water if you talk negatively to it. It's because energy and everything that makes up this world holds you can commune with it so we talk to the water we talk to the fire we talk to the air and it gives us answers that we look for within it okay and that is the divination that is the means of divination and when he says talk he means out loud i mean talk don't talk in your head i'm mm -hmm. sick of telling people it but it's true because people feel stupid like i'm not going to say out loud i feel stupid but, i'm talking to a grain of rice like you, <laughs> but you if you talk in your head you do it all the time you talk yeah. to yourself all the time in your head and if you actually if any of that actually mattered you'd be a wreck of a person the, the amount of things you say to yourself in your head so talking out loud is where the, it, something becomes effective when yeah. we create something that becomes a reality in this world is because we talk aloud using as i said our voice which is a vibration and energy that we create it is effort it is the beginning of something the stone that gathers the moss you know so a question Yes. You know, like yeah, the old prophecies and the, the soothsayers and stuff like that. And they have like these records of. Oh, like Nostradamus. Yeah, yeah. Like or, or like a. What's the granny called? And she Shipton. was in a cave. Yeah, Mother Shipton. Mother Shipton. If. if well, how were they divinating? Were they just. These are visions that are coming to them? Do you know? Um. There are different things about that. Um, for instance, John Dee, um, the famous magician of the um, Elizabethan era. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite a sad ending to John Dee. But nevertheless, he had a obsidian mirror. And he also had wax tablets with basically Enotian um, writings on them that were apparently given to him via trance, via mm. in trance, via angelic beings. And he would go into a kind of trance and his friend would um, kind of, his colleague would basically write down that which he would say and was done, what mm -hmm. would happen. Um, others, however, in when you come to things like Mother Shipton, Mother Shipton was much more in the old world pagan kind of manners of which she had natural gift. Mm -hmm. And when you have natural gift in that sense, Oftentimes, you just read it. You read it. You get a bad feeling. You get a feeling in your waters of something that may happen. You get an image. You get a you get a vision of something that may happen. Other times, they may commune with spirits. My stomach, sorry. Other times, they may commune with spirits. Um, and spirits will often, over time, start conversing with them about things that are hmm. yet to be. I will add that some philosophies or not philosophies some predictions are heavier and more accurate than others there is a certain amount of vagueness to long prophecies mm -hmm. um, where there is no date given um, for instance 
Nostradamus said that there will be a great war of which all kind of lords or kings of the world, whatever. I mean, you you only have to look around you to realise that humanity is effed. It can't do anything without having a war. It has done since it, it mm. literally clubbed each other with sharp and bits of stone. Like, they just love it. They can't help it. Someone yeah. eventually has a war some, with someone. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's kind of a given. You could say that. You know what I mean? It's it's just, it's like me sitting here and I can make a prophecy that in some time within the next ten to twenty years mm-hmm. there will be another Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> like it's not it's not it's not really a it's a prediction, but it's not a prediction used by esoteric or ethereal means. It's just reading the way the world is going. You know what yeah. I mean? So you have to. Put the mundane there because there is magic, but the you are always in danger of seeing magic everywhere. Seeing magic everywhere, like oh, this is happening because these other dimensional beings are gathering at points of power, like the pyramids and Stonehenge, and the they're, they're, they're doing these things. Yeah, and it, and it's like okay, or yeah. it's just these are places that people, ancient people, spiritual people are created and have outlasted. And these things are happening around now because people are more aware of these things. Mm-hmm. There doesn't always have to be a very strange, fantasized version of something for it to be magic. Yeah. Magic, you know, you take Hollywood and we take what we learn of what magic is from Hollywood and this escapism and this fantasy. And we try and apply it to now, to this mm-hmm. world. And it isn't, and it doesn't need to be. Divination in the same manner is still a magic it's just a subtle one. Everything in this world that is close to magic is subtle in the way of nature, in the way of, of the universe in its entirety. It's so far stretched that it looks like there's nothing in it, and yet everything is in it. Yeah. You know, it's it's all to do with perspective and how big you can think depends on, you know, how thin it's stretched. I've been thinking um, as emotions and the capability for emotions Mm. as magic lately. Mm. Like, have you ever felt so full of something like love or loss or grief or anger and that that run over and, like, uh, things will never be the same because I have so much of this one emotion? Yeah. I feel like that's magic. That's you. That is. It's you. It's your perception. Mm -hmm. It's it's you you thinking and your experience. And because you've experienced, you've changed. Mm-hmm. And from that change, you are aware that things are different now and the world around me seems different. It's the same with depression. Yeah. The world doesn't change. The world doesn't become darker or more melancholy. You do. Yeah. But because you do, the world has. Everything that you think and everything that you feel literally changes the world as you see it. Not anyone else sees it, but the way you see it. And that's all that matters because it's the only way the world you're ever going to see. Mm-hmm. So. There, there in itself is the whole fundamental principle of spiritual enlightenment. Mm-hmm. It's because we live in a world where base, lower vibrational things are easy. Um, for instance, for instance, okay, fatty foods, French fries, melted cheese, mm. alcohol, Yum. drugs, all of those things make you feel great. They, they hey. you can have a great time. The problem is, is Mm. that over a long period of time, you will suffer. Yeah. You will suffer. And yet all the things that are nice aren't that great. Fruits, vegetables, What did you have for lunch today? I had vegetables and cauliflower rice Mm -hmm. with um, butternut squash Mm -hmm. seasoned. It was very delicious. And kale and spinach and asparagus. asparagus. I said veg with an extra virgin olive oil. It was very, very nice. Your face did not tell me it was nice when you were eating it. (laughs) No, you always make lovely things. Thank you. Um, But you got to eat that stuff. You do. You got to. But that's the point. There is moderation, Mm. and you can still enjoy other things. But it's not easy. Yeah. And it's not as fun sometimes to do what's right for you spiritually the same way it is bodily. Yeah. And mentally. Right. Sometimes it, it no, of course it's not easy to think of happy things and positive things mm. when you live in a world that is entrenched in negativity and lower base things. Yeah. But the more you train yourself, the better, the more stamina you have to hold those positive thoughts the more around you, you will propagate those positive outcomes. And before, you become a self-sustaining 
kind of perpetual motion of a spirit where you are creating positivity and then you are feeding from that positivity that what you create and making more of it. And then you can divinate better. Yeah. And it's hard. <laughs> look, 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 what's, what's, um, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Brendan Fraser. Okay. A wonderful and lovely man. And then all of a sudden had bad luck. Really mm, bad luck. Yeah. And literally was blacklisted. Wiped out, yeah. Blacklisted. For whatever reason you want to say, blacklisted. And his wife basically took most of the money he was earning for years and years. And what happened? He done something. He was given a shot, a chance. And now so many people will be like, what's the fucking point? I'm going to do That's this just thing. a guy get, from the army. The money. But it didn't. <laughs> everyone loved him. And he, mm. he, he came out and everyone said, Brendan, we miss you. Like, welcome back. And everyone just said nice things about him. They loved him. And you can tell every time someone does it, the guy tears up. And he, But it's this wave of positivity. Because throughout his whole life, he had this positive kind of attitude to his, his career. It's coming back to him. And he has chosen to accept it instead of just sitting in, oh, all these bad things have happened. It's no. Now good things are happening. And now Brendan Fraser's back. And we all get to enjoy it, including him. So... It's a perfect kind of success story of what it means when you accept positivity. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. It's not easy. The same way it wouldn't be easy for Brendan Fraser to be like all the shit that happened to him to then turn around and be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Let's do this. And I'm going to, I'm going to get back on things and it's going to be good. But he did. I really want to see his new film. The Whale. Yeah. Yeah. It looks yeah, fantastic. I see a lot of it? ads for it. Yeah. It really does. But uh, oh, he's he's going to be in a lot of uh, more things, I reckon. Yeah, is that your prophecy? Well, if you like, he was already <laughs> in that. He was already in that. Um, oh. That one where he played the Machine Man in the comic book thing we watched. Do you remember? Oh, I don't know. Man. I don't remember what it's called now. Oh, it was um, Titans. Remember mm. the Titans? Yeah, it was you Teen know, Titans. It was Teen Titans, but it was like a live action one. Do you remember? Mm. There was Robin, and he was a bit pretentious. But then they went to this house and. There was like these other people with superhero kind of people. And huh. Brendan Fraser played a guy who used to be a race car driver who then got his brain put into like a oh, ro- android robot thing. No? That's awesome. You don't remember that? No, I don't I remember, remember nothing. Like, That's Brendan Fraser's voice. And you were like, no, it's not. I was like, <laughs> um, like how um, all of our conversations are like, you say something, I'm like, nope. <laughs> That's not how it goes. I don't know what it's You pay me out to be such a meanie. I don't. Are you kidding me? You make me honestly. Oh, I'm done. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what I thought. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm such a meanie. Meanwhile, you just tell everyone that I just waffle on. And just, you do waffle on. Yeah, I do waffle on, and you know what? <laughs> up, up yours. <laughs> Is that your uh, prophecy? <laughs> I'm an otter. Where I'm an otter. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So what? Before we wrap up here, what is your favorite divination methods? Bones. Probably. Maybe we should go back and forth. Let's name as many as we can name off the top of our heads. Go. Fire scrying. Nope, nope, nope. No. My turn. Oh. Bones. <laughs> Charms. Tarot. Runes. Oracle. Playing cards. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's the one I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Go for all the different cards. You said Oracle. I was like, oh, we're doing that. Are we? Okay. Oh, <laughs> automatic writing. Oh fuck! Uh, uh, mirror well, scrying. We haven't even got that far in yet. I know. Shush. Mirror scrying. Yeah. Astrology. <laughs> wax scrying. Wax scrying. Where you drop the wax in the water? Okay, I don't remember the name. It's got a name. It's, it's got a name. A Greek thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, offal, like they used to do in ancient Greece, they'd read the offal of animals, read the uh, kidney, I think, or the, the liver of a pig. God, uh, what? Yeah, well, it's still a, it's still a means, <laughs> it's a means of divination. Uh, the oil and water thing. What? No, well, that just makes a circle. The oil in water—that's a yeah. lava lamp. You fucking made <laughs> The egg and water thing. Egg, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, I said one candle spell, didn't I? Yeah, mm. candle watching. I would consider that fire scrying. No, you're watching the candle and how the candle burns, not the fire. All right. Whatever. Dice. 
dice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, did you say runes? You said runes already. Said runes. Yeah, All right, then. Yeah. Um, water scrying. Hello, Petty. Hello, Petty. Yes, very good. For a dog, yes. Just come over and like, I'm a dog. Yes, you are. You're a dog. Um... Banana scrying. Okay, you're just looking at the banana. On the th- for goodness sake. Uh, uh, animal watching. Watching animals. Cloud watching. Cloud watching, yeah, cloud watching. Stargazing. Snow falling. Trance, meditation. <laughs> Precipitations. Wind. You go outside and you, you sit down calmly and ask a question. And sometimes if the wind picks up, sometimes that's enough. We can tell you. Oh, what's the one where you turn on the radio to a station? That's your answer. Radio listening to. What? Penny didn't like that answer. Went, Who's done that? I'll tell you what, this is a question for you for the podcast. Because this happens, I'm sure this happens to so many people. You you get in your car and you ring, uh, you ring, you don't ring anyone, don't listen to that. You <laughs> you start singing a song as you're driving along and then you put the radio on. This used to happen more in the 90s and early 2000s because no one really listens to the fucking radio anymore. But. You'd listen to, you know, you'd, you'd sing it along or sing a song and you press the radio. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the song at the very point you were singing ca- continues playing. You're like. That's never you. happened to me. That's happened to me at least 15 times in my life. Holy moly. Throughout when I was a kid, even up to like five years ago. Oh, TikTok is a uh, a, 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 a divination method. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the mm-hmm. algorithm mm-hmm. is definitely something that you can. I mean, it depends on what you've been looking at. So. Um. Red car spotting. Coins. Coins? What coins? Tell me. I don't know. You don't know? Throw some coins. I mean, let's be honest. You can use divination in all forms. I could get a handful of earthworms and just like <laughs> throw them on the ground and be like, okay, that one's gone down. This one's made a kind of X shape. Like you can read from it. The divination is so broad. Like people. Oh my in- gosh, you should worm throw now. That's a new reading. No. Worm throwing. messy. Um, poor worms. Uh, but look at the um, fortune cookies. Yeah, fortune, ooh, cookies. fortune cookies. You have those things also that you get with the fish, the little red fish that curls up oh, in your hand. Yeah. Uh, mood rings, for mood goodness rings. sakes. Like all of these, like, whether sometimes a bit gimmicky and a novelty, nevertheless, we consider to be, you know, I can make one up for you. Um, Take a long piece of paper, cut a strip of paper, like, or tear a strip of paper that's long, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, fold it so it's like a V shape, like a little tent shape. Mm-hmm. Then write yes with a sharpie on one end, and write no with a sharpie on the other. And then fold it up, ask it a question, open it up, set fire to the middle, and see which end get the fire reaches first. Mm. Yes or no? Like just off the top of my head, like it's, what about the one with the stick and you point it? There's the rods. Dousing. Dowsing. Oh, I Ching. I Ching is a Chinese form of numerology based with elements and different corresponding houses depending on the Feng Shui compass. You also have sticks that have different meanings and stripes in them that they usually like stand up and let go and they all fall down on top of each other. I Ching is another. There is like using so calendars, many. forms of the Mayan calendar also used yeah. to predict things. Um, the Farmer's Almanac. We've talked about this before in our patron. The farmer's almanac was often in folk magic used by folk witches. And because it would talk about weather formations, it would talk about certain times of the year when to expect rainfall or flooding and different constellations that you could see, as well as just about crops and, and, and stuff like that. And it would have calendars in it and mm-hmm. even strange little um, kind of local colloquialisms. Yeah. Uh, and wisdoms, you know, that would be put in it. And so all these things were often utilized by practitioners who, who didn't have, like, the internet or even a library or many books apart from the Bible and a few, perhaps, novels that they were able to read. So these things, you know, all of them used in forms of divination. Yeah. Easily. Watching watching leaves in the autumn is a, is a one that I've always done. You watch the leaves and you see how they twirl and they spin and they move. And you just, you have to set something. So one leaf in particular, just say, that's me, or that's that. And I'm going to ask myself or ask out what, what is going to happen with this or this. And then watch it, see what happens to that particular leaf as it gets caught up in the wind and if others cover it or if it gets higher than others. 
it's the sky's the limit when it comes to divination. In the ancient world, um, there were portents, which was an omen. Um, before battle, there was legends of like two eagles fighting above two great armies of ancient Greece, and one golden eagle would like tear the tear tear the wings of another, and it would then just spiral in a death row and kill it. And they saw that as a good omen. The gods, was, the gods were telling them they are being victorious, and the gods are on their side, and so they won. And why? Maybe because they believed that they were going to win, you know. Mm-hmm. But once again, it's the divinations. It's it's you can find it anywhere, literally anywhere. You can use anything as a divination. Um, you just need a little bit of imagination of how to utilize it and the, be specific to the outcome and what you're asking. Yeah. So yeah. Well, you can find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as The Antlered Crown, or on YouTube as Elwin the Witch. Yep. Where am I going with this? I have a variety of readings, including bones, tarot, Sir. medium connection, deity confirmations, as well as spiritual consultations, which are done live and scheduled via Zoom. I am also offering spell work and custom merchandise, all of which you can find on my website, theantlercrown.com. You can also join our community on Patreon and get access to our Discord server group meetings, one-on-ones with Elwin, tutorials, discounts, and other goodies, depending on the tier level you choose. Speaking of which, here is our Crown patron shout-out. Sabrina, Julia, Dina, Aaron, Sarah, Roxy, Lael, Caitlin, Grace, May, Renee, oh gosh, Kata Fumakachi. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining. Thank you for your patronage. And if you left, I don't like you. (laughs) Come back. Amanda misses you. (laughs) Stop telling people people are leaving. It sounds like an exodus. Two two people left. Like, oh, no. I know. They were in that group. That's why I had to say something about it. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Um. Next time, we're going to talk to one of our patrons and our friends about becoming a pagan witch after being an organized religion. So, remember, always remember. Tip your witch, bitch. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.